good morning. This is Tex. Hope y'all are having a great day. First cup of coffee. So, by the way, my only cup of coffee, hopefully, for the day. I practice what I preach, uh, moderation. So, I'm trying to contain myself down to maybe one cup of coffee a day. So, whew, let me tell you, um, which kind of plays in well to what I want to talk about today. There's the idea that you are not your diagnosis. In other words, a lot of therapists are very cautious or will outright do whatever they can not to actually give clients, patients, their diagnosis because of a fear that you become your diagnosis. What does that mean? For some people, when you tell them, oh, you have anxiety, or, oh, you have ADHD, then their whole world starts to revolve around the idea that that is who I am. They embrace this as an identity, and then they lock in tight that they cannot be anything different than who they are. A lot of times you will hear people say things like, I can't help it. It's my personality. I can't help it. This is who I am. I can't help it. I have and put whatever diagnosis you want behind that. And then that becomes a reason for not changing or doing things differently. And you become very locked into your world. A lot of times we are searching for an identity. For some people, this is a particularly strong thing to look for who they are and then be that person. You know, you're not sure of who you are. And then a therapist or a doctor or a psychiatrist tells you, you are, and, and this is where the wording comes, you are a person, a client with depression or with uh, a personality disorder. That doesn't mean you're a personality disorder. That doesn't mean you are a depression. And people will start to use that as a label for themselves. I talk to people about you are not your job. You are not your roles. You as an individual are a person. Some people will ask me, well, why is that such a big problem if I identify with that, even if I identify with my work? Well, if you identify with your work too much, and then you cannot do that job, you feel lost. There are people who invest everything they can into their identities. I am a father or a mother. And then when something happens and the kids grow up, they have no identity. And what happens then is they start to react almost violently internally to the idea that if I do things that help my child become an adult, then I lose my identity of being a parent. And now that person has moved on and I don't know who I am. Put this in the world of diagnosis. If you identify yourself as somebody with depression or someone with trauma, then if you identify with that so strongly that you cannot let it go, then it's very hard to heal. And it's very hard to change. In some cases, people will hang on to, to these identities so hard, it's creating its own pain. Sometimes, you know, it gets to a situation in therapy where you're, you're talking to somebody and they will get 
just extremely upset at you if you challenge where their problems come from. Now, listen to how this plays into the idea of diagnosis. If they are told by someone, oh, you have major depressive disorder, then they want to make everything in their life about they have this diagnosis, therefore this is how they should act, this is how they should be. That then plays into the idea that is very hard for many people to accept that we create our own problems. Most of the things in life that we suffer from, we suffer from as a matter of our own choices. Now, people, again, will get extremely upset at me, extremely upset and go, well, you know, it's not my fault. This person hurt me. They hit me with their car. They attacked me. They broke into my home. And I get that. Those things are horrible things. If you're not careful, though, you give up your choice in how you react. And this is where the key is. Nobody is saying you weren't harmed and nobody's saying you didn't have the symptoms of depression or anxiety or OCD or any of the other things you have. But as long as you stick with the idea that you cannot let that go, and that's the big thing. You cannot let that go. You stay stuck in where you're at. In order to move on, you have to be willing to let something go. You cannot drag it around behind you. One of the problems with dragging things along behind you is that you accumulate so many things you're dragging with you that it's hard to move forward. So let's say something really bad happens to you and you have a tragic breakup uh, or you're divorced or any other numerous things that might be so upsetting and so just, you know, just shakes your world. Nobody's taking away from you the fact that those things were bad, horrible, all that. You got that. Where the problem lies, though, is that if you cling to the idea that that thing that happened to you made you sad, frustrated, miserable, upset, and now being miserable, frustrated, and upset is part of your identity, then when you go to therapy or when you go to a psychiatrist or a doctor, you know, you're, you're basically telling them, I want to feel better and I don't want to change because this is who I am. And if you work with that person and give them homework or you give them, you know, an assignment, even if they're taking medication, your internal psych fights the medication, your internal psych fights that. And for all kinds of reasons from if I let go of what that person did if I forgive them or if I just let it go. Well, I don't like that because I'm still mad at them. And I tell people, well, that's your choice to remain mad. You do understand though, as long as you remain mad, you remain stuck and attached to what you're mad at. And if you really want to get away from, shift away from, move away from the problem, you can't do that. And continue to hold on to your anger at that problem or your frustration at that problem or your sadness with that problem. It, it just kind of doesn't work that way. It's, it's one of those difficult situations where you would hope that when you explain logically, rationally, this situation, people will grasp the concept and start working towards doing that. As I've said in other videos, though, Emotions tend to be much stronger than rational thinking. So if you're angry, after a while, anger becomes your set point and changing from anger feels uncomfortable. So you don't want to let go of the emotions and feelings that you had related to those events because that's who you feel you are, which creates the problem of then how can you move on and still drag that behind you? 
most people will have tragic events in their life. I don't think there's anybody that I've ever met that didn't have a tragic event. Um, there are a few young people that haven't had the serious tragic events of loss yet. The majority of people have. And then how you react to it sets up a pattern of how you react to future events. If you become stuck in an event, then you cannot move on with your life. You may do other things, but clients will tell me, I feel stuck. I can't move on. Then when I say, well, you know, what's what's got you stuck? What? You know, oh, well, I'm still angry at this or still sad at this or frustrated at this. And I go, well, what would happen if you just was to let it go? If you were just to go, you know, there's the story of the, the guy that sees something shiny in the fire and he thinks it's something beautiful, you know, like a, a, a gem or, or gold or something. And he reaches in and grabs it. And then he realizes he's grabbed a hot coal. And then he's screaming, it hurts, it hurts. And everyone's going, well, drop it. I can't drop it. Why can't you drop it? Well, I just, I can't. And in reality, all you have to do is let it go. Now, some people will become upset when I tell them that story and they go, oh, you're just telling me to let it go. Well, if it was that easy, I would do it. And I'm like, I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm not saying it's not even going to be painful. I'm just saying that you have to work towards finding a way to let go enough that you can move on. It's your choice. If you wish to remain where you're at, then keep doing what you're doing. See, this also plays into therapy. When people come into the office, I've had people in the past, a lot of times, come into the past because they've either moved or done something or, you know, or either they didn't like their last therapist because they'll say, well, I wasn't, I don't feel I was making any progress. Okay. And then several sessions in, I will start talking about ways to let go, ways to to release the anger, uh, ways to move on past it. And they get furiously angry. And I'm like, well, what's the matter? And they're like, well, I feel like you're, you're not hearing me. Or I feel like you're just telling me it's easy. Just let go. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying let go. Well, I, you know, I can't do that. Okay. I understand you feel you cannot do that. Okay. And then it's usually followed with the next one. Well, you know, I, 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 my other therapist never did that. Or, you know, or I asked them, how did your other therapist handle this situation? Well, we sat and we talked about it and they listened to me. And I said, that's good. People need to be heard. It, it helps. And what else did you do? Well, well that's it. They, they, they listened to me. I came to them and I, I talked and they listened. And I said, okay, why are you seeing me? And they're like, what do you mean? Well, why, did, why are you seeing me? You had a therapist who was doing therapy in the way you want them to do it. Well, I wasn't making progress. Okay. So you wasn't making progress doing it the way you were doing. And now you have a different therapist because of that. And you want that therapist to do therapy the same way as the other therapist did it. Uh, I'm sorry. If you're not willing to change things, then things don't change. And notice how I put that. You change things. The world outside is going to do what it's going to do. How you react, the important parts, how you deal with it, that's an internal you thing. And figuring out how to deal with that and how to change that is what it's all about. If you want your therapy to remain the same, then you'll probably remain the same. Knowing that smoking is bad for your health generally doesn't stop people from smoking. Knowing that speeding can be dangerous. 
knowing that not wearing seatbelts can can be dangerous. People still do it. Knowing something is not the same thing as getting over it and getting better. Every now and then, you will find somebody that goes, oh, that's not good. I'm going to do something different. That's the rare person. Most people are very, very stuck in their way of doing things. It's comfortable. As I talked about in a different video, being comfortable tends to lead you to this feeling that even in pain, the pain is comfortable. It hurts, but it's what I know. It's what I'm used to. And it's why people get stuck in bad relationships, bad work environments, all kinds of situations where they don't move on. It's, it's back to that pain and pleasure principle where they'll move when it's painful enough to move, but they're not necessarily goal seeking and going for the, the pleasure of, you know, reaching a goal or whatever. People will say it would be nice, but they don't truly want to get in the ring and fight for that. They would like it to happen to them. They want somebody from the outside external world to make the problem better. And some of these problems, that won't happen. Some of these problems are pretty deep. And no matter what somebody does on the outside, you, you know, you could find 20 new, you know, boyfriends or girlfriends or partners or anything. You could you know, make lots of money. They're not going to change the fact that those things in the past happened. And if you keep going back to the painful parts of your life, then you will not move past that. I like the way Eckhart Tolle talks about these pain bodies that we all have and that people touch them. They're like scars all over us. And when somebody says something or does something, they hit that pain and it ignites. And when we do that, and, and it's kind of like the same way as Dr. Vanderkolk talks about, you know, the, the body and its way of remembering things, including trauma that you have these things in you that ignite. And those past traumas get reignited. They get reignited because you link them. The linkages in your brain are so strong, that neural connection is so strong, that when things are on the outside come, you naturally go to what you know, which is the pain of a past event. And then you pick up that hot coal all over again and hold it. And you don't let it go. Working on doing things differently, working on making your life better is a full-time job. The daily affirmations, the gratitude list, those are the things that help you remember that you have to repeat the things in life that are good the same way as you've already repeated the things that are bad. See, those are, those are the chants. Your past life and the things that happened to you and all that in the past, it stays with you because you've embedded it in your memory. You've repeated it over and over again. Now, I understand you didn't mean to, and I understand that it wasn't your choice at the time. It's what came to you naturally as a habit. And I'm saying you have to break the habit. If you want your life to change, then you have to embrace change. Otherwise, change doesn't occur. Things on the outside can change and you will link them right back to the bad things in your life. And as long as you carry around that sack of bricks on your shoulder, as long as you keep the anger, the rage, the sadness, it will keep you drugged down. It's very hard to move forward. Because over a lifetime, you keep accumulating these bad things and you keep putting them like bricks in a bag and you're dragging that bag. So at some point in time, the bag seems so heavy, you can't move. And literally, it's a case of taking the bag and dropping it down and walking away. But people will tell me, but I've spent my whole life collecting these bricks. I can't let them go. Your choice. How you handle your life is your choice. If you come from a place where you start to realize that 
you have choices in how you react, what you do, what you focus on, then you will start to change your life. This is why the meditation, the mindfulness, the, the being able to work and focus your mind is so important. Because being able to direct your focus, and all people can focus. I have people with ADHD say they can't focus. I'm like, BS, give you a video game and you'll focus until you almost be yourself because you're that focused on that. So you can focus. You have to train yourself and you can do that to focus on the things in your life you have, working through the things that are happening to you, the things that have happened to you in the past, and the situations and stuff that you know that, that life have dealt you, and then figure out what you want to do with it. And how you want to use it, you know, if you have a bad car wreck, you can go down two roads, well, three if you count, just totally ignoring it. One road, though, is that was bad, that was horrible, and, and I don't want to ever drive again. And driving is dangerous and you shouldn't do it. Or you can shift into the other side of the road and go, all right, no, I know that I need to watch out for this, do this, wear this. Or even the fact that if I do everything I'm supposed to do, accidents happen. Other people run into my car. And people go, well, what's the lesson of that? There's actually several. One is have your insurance up to date. Two is that life is not just all good and it's not just all bad. It's a mixture. That problem, that thing, that whatever, it's not my fault. And it gives a temporary relief of saying, well, it's not my fault this thing happened to me. It's not my fault I have this diagnosis. But the relief is fleeting, it's temporary, and it's false. Because in the long run, you can't change. You have to keep hanging on to your defense of it's this thing instead of Okay, there was a thing and I have choices. I hope that helps some people think through the idea. I know several people have asked me about it. Uh, it's something that comes up. Um, the whole point of our, our doing therapy is change. And that's the goal. And hopefully realizing that you have the power to make those changes in your life. And you have the power to move on and get better. I hope you have a great day. Namaste. Namaste.